Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Try the Super Light Tree Runner with a cushy foam midsole and breathable eucalyptus fiber upper. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. So what can you do in a Super Light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com. Code SUPER24. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is episode 76 with Tyler Wagner. Welcome, fellow curious explorers, to the Art of Adventure podcast, I'm your host, Derek Loudermilk, and each week I'm going to bring you interviews with remarkable people, and we're going to deconstruct how to do things that have never been done before, whether it's in business, global expedition, or athletics. We're going to take you to the edge of your comfort zone, and we're going to follow the five pillars of the art of adventure, which are learning, love, teaching, movement, and people. Thanks for spending some time with me. Now let the adventure begin. Hey guys, I want to take a quick second to tell you about the Adventures in Entrepreneurship retreat that I am leading in Bali in September. It starts September 13th and it's a week-long course. You're going to get to stay for a week in a luxury villa and we'll do yoga and meditation in the morning. But the focus of the course is to upskill your entrepreneurial skills and challenge yourself physically in Bali. So we're going to be learning things, class coursework, things like charisma, confidence, networking, productivity, all the things you need as an entrepreneur and a leader. And then, you know, the group of us as as entrepreneurs, we're going to go out and we're going to have adventures together. We're going to challenge ourselves physically by climbing volcanoes, whitewater rafting, learning Balinese martial arts, mud wrestling, all kinds of amazing stuff. This is what you guys told me that you wanted. I put this retreat together and I'm super excited. So you should go over to turnpoint.io slash courses slash adventures in entrepreneurship and you can apply over there. I'm selecting 10 to 12 entrepreneurs. So we have a nice close knit group of entrepreneurs and we're going to come together as a team over the course of this week. I'm super excited about it. Go over and check out all the things that you get that are included in the course and then apply. Hello everyone. Welcome back to the Art of Adventure. I've got Tyler Wagner on the show today and this episode is essentially has two main topics. The first is how to crush your next conference. He's got a book 
that was an Amazon bestseller called Conference Crushing. And we're going to get into the before, during, and after of what you should be doing to maximize your attending live events. There's a lot going on this summer. I'm going to podcast movement coming up here in a few weeks. And so I'm asking him some specific questions about planning and preparation for that and the follow-up, how I can maximize these relationships. And this is great because Tyler, this is actually the first time Tyler and I have spoken, the first time we met, but we hit it off right away like we're old pals. So this episode flows very freely and casually. And the second part of the episode, we get into how he turned his book into a bestseller Uh, It's his first book, and he was only 23 at the time. And so we get into a little of the how you should prepare for marketing your book, how to start writing your book, figuring out what topics and chapters you're going to write about, how to turn in the information that you already know into a book, and some of the details around that. So I think that this is a really valuable episode, a lot of very specific, both in-person live event help with. And then if you've ever wanted to write a book, I've had several guests recently uh, because I'm interested in writing a book. And so you'll be getting some book publishing and marketing ideas in here. So here is, without further ado, Tyler Wagner. Welcome back, everyone, to The Art of Adventure. And I'm joined today by Tyler Wagner, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me on, Derek. I appreciate it. And I forgot to check beforehand. It's not like Wagner or some other pronunciation. It's Wagner, right? Uh, Siri would disagree with me, uh, but it's Wagner. <laughs> <laughs> what does Siri say? Siri says, like my friends, uh, not recently, but when we were younger, they'd always like make fun of it, like probably a couple of years ago. And they'd be like, dude, every time I tell Siri to call you, she's like, calling Tyler Wagner. So to Siri and everybody else, it's Wagner, but the way I was uh, raised to pronounce it, it's Wagner. Okay. All right. Tyler Wagner. And we're going to talk about a couple couple things that you have expertise in today. The first of which, you have this book, Conference Crushing, which was an Amazon bestseller by the time you were 23, I believe. Mm-hmm. And now you teach people how to make their books bestsellers or you have a writing community and all this stuff. So what I'd like to do is uh, first talk about the the sort of networking side of things, the conference attending things, specifically because I'm really curious about that because I'm going to a conference at the end of this month and I just reread your your book, Conference Crushing. And uh, yeah, yeah, I I think I read it about, uh, I don't know, whenever it came out a year ago. And then it's about a year ago. Yeah. Wanted to, uh, to brush up on it. So maybe just give us a quick little overview of conference crushing and why we should, uh, listen to you about attending conferences. Yeah. Cool. I like it. So basically like quick, like summary of conference crushing is it's, uh, compiled into three sections. So it's like best practices to do before, during, and after an event, uh, or conference. And then within those three sections, there's 17 like overall rules that I basically discuss in the book. And I get, and I guess why you should listen to me. Uh, basically, I've probably been to like a hundred or so conferences. 
um, how I got started, which I talk about this in the book. I dropped out of school when I was 21, I think. I could be off a year or so. I, I get confused, and which is crazy. You're getting so old, it's hard to I remember. Know, all so, this. <laughs> I don't know what's going on, but <laughs> but either way, though, I stepped out of school, and then I don't. I'm not sure if you're familiar because I know we have some of the people in, in our network that are the same. But Jason Gaynard, he has a conference mastermind talks, which is like this huge event. Um, it's been going on for two and a half, three years now. And I helped, I, I basically interned under him for six months when I first stepped out of school and I helped him put on that event. So at that first event, I met uh, Tim Ferriss, Mark Echo, James Altucher, like these big name people. And what I kind of realized is in that room that I helped create the conference, but I was with like the founder of the conference. So I was able to kind of get in and meet these bigger uh, name people if you will, but I still realized there was other people that were helping out with the event, but they weren't talking to the big name people because they were like afraid or shy or something. And that's kind of when it hit me with that event and other events. I just kept noticing like people would leave them and they would feel like they didn't get their money's worth or, or something like that. And I always left the conference in a way that I was like, holy crap, I would have paid 10 times the amount that I paid for that. So yeah, I just noticed a huge gap in the way that I was approaching and communicating or whatever you want to use, just how I was being at conferences than other people. So that's why I wrote the book to kind of just show like, this is how I do it. It seems to be working. So maybe you should try it. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Okay. That's really interesting. It sounds almost like you had an innate approach to these conferences that was working for you Mm -hmm. right off the bat. Yeah, yeah. So there was, and um, like, funny enough, like off the top of my head, I couldn't tell you all seventeen rules at the moment because <laughs> it's been a while. Because like, the age, not... the age thing again. Yeah, again, the age thing. I I can't believe it's actually been over a year since the books come out. It's just I feel like when you're an entrepreneur, things just progress uh, so fast sometimes that it's just it's cool to think about. But but yeah, so but the approach I talk about in the book is not something that I would actually recommend for like. Not every rule, I mean, for every conference, because it would take you so long. For instance, for Mastermind Talks, uh, there was 15 speakers at the event, and they were all like very big, like Tim Ferriss, Dan Martell of Clarity FM, and and people like that. So I actually spent hours on each of these people and like researched them. I went um, one quick hack for that is uh, which I would recommend for your podcast movement is to basically just go to their Twitters, all the people that are, I guess, you know, I don't want to say like big or influencers. It could be anyone you want to meet, like, you know, but basically go to their Twitter, see what they're tweeting about recently. And then you basically have topics um, that you could like just write down or just remember you have many topics that you can talk to them about. Cause that's always a big thing. People are like, well, I'm an introvert or I don't know what to say to them or, and it's like, all right, we'll go to their Twitter, see what they're recently talking about and bring that up to them. And that's all you got to do. So that's one little thing. So let's take a step back for a second. We sort of, or at least I sort of generally assume that conferences are good things to go to because this is the one time or a few times out of the year when you get this many people in an industry together and you can meet everyone at once, maybe people you have online relationships with, you can start meeting them in real life. But what is an ideal outcome from a conference, like what should people be hoping to get from attending a live event? 
Yeah, that's a good question. So I think it would it would depend on what the conference is, one of my uh, or what it is about. But one of my biggest kind of rules with events is that you can really find content anywhere. For instance, I've I've seen the podcast movement. I saw like an ad or whatever because I'm actually starting one. We were discussing this before, but so I've been doing research for podcasts, right? And like you can buy like a three hundred dollar package to get all the content basically if you decide not to go physically. And there's all the content that they're going to teach is available online. Like content is very abundant. So for me, my goal is I'll listen to the content at conferences. It's always good. But my goal is the people. That's why I go to conferences. So I think some people will go to events and they'll kind of just sit and, and consume content the whole time. Or when there's breaks out of content, they'll like just go to the room or do something else. And for me, the event is actually during the breaks um, if it's not interaction time. Because, yeah, I just feel like I can look anything up on Google that I want. Like, I don't need, I'm sure if I went to Podcast Move It, I'd get value and it would help my podcast. But at the same time, I just, I feel like I could search 90% of what's going to be taught there. But I wouldn't meet the people. So the people are 100, like 99% for me. And so one th- one thing I'm kind of wondering about is when I go to this conference, and it's like three weeks away at this point. There's going to be, I don't know, a thousand people there. There's the speakers who everyone's going to want to talk to. I'm sure that's, you know, when you're on stage, everyone's like, oh, I need to meet that person. There's influencers who have a much larger audience. You know, maybe those are the kind of people that I should be targeting to meet because if I could get on their show or if, you know, if we were cross promoting each other, then I would be getting lots of eyeballs on my podcast, stuff like that, which sort of means that there's uh, the bottom of the pyramid is all trying to meet the top of the pyramid. Mm -hmm. And so how do you like stand out kind of? Yeah. You know, what's, what's the dynamic like there? You know, it's for me, it's interesting because so like when I first put out the book, I had a couple um, people that reached out to me. I ended up coaching them on like a networking level. So they basically like one of my clients was going to three conferences um, so I think I charged him like a couple, it was like a grand a conference or something. And I basically built him a plan of how to go about it. But I think for me, it's almost difficult to answer that particular question because it's such a natural thing for me. Like in my mind, if you want to meet somebody at an, at an event, like if they're physically there, I'm just going to go up to them. Like I, I'm 100% going to meet anybody that I intend on meeting just because like, I'm not afraid of doing it. And I think what I try to teach then kind of other, or or I kind of try to teach a roundabout way or an easier way is by just doing that Twitter thing or just make yourself less fearful of talking to them by preparing somewhat. And it's not a memorizing thing. It's just simply like, this is what this guy does. This is what his hobbies are. And this is what he's talking about in the past couple weeks and just jot it down a note card. And then you can go up to them and anything you can relate to, I mean, you can just bring that up. But a thousand people though, totally is like different. Like most of the events I've gone to has been like a hundred. They're way more, I like more like intimate conference because they're usually you do walk away with more connections, which is funny because it's less amount of people, but you get more connections because a thousand or more people tends to more be like, very content based. You're sitting in chairs, listening to speakers and less like about like the networking. 
from my experience, but this, this one could be different. I haven't been to this one. Yeah. I mean, I guess that'll be the hard part is to, you know, collect the, I mean, cause every, all these podcasters are from different areas and realms, you know, some of them are talking about history. Some of them are talking about gardening and, and I'm probably not going to interact their Venn diagrams are not going to overlap with my Venn diagrams. And so creating that like sub ecosystem while at the conference, you know, I was just talking to think a mutual friend of ours, Jason Troy, he was on the show recently and he was talking about the power of hosting events, like a sub hangout session within a conference, you know, and I really liked that idea. That is sort of. that is a great idea. And is there like a face? Because you've already paid for the event and everything, right? Yeah. Yep. So there. So are you in like a Facebook group then or something? They do have a Facebook group. I just just checked it out. I haven't uh, fully explored it yet. Yeah. So one. So like another. So I would say definitely do that if you can. Like try to set up something. And be like, hey guys, like you know, it looks like the schedule is saying that Saturday night we have some free time. You know, I'm going to host this dinner. That would definitely be a great way to have you stand out and to meet a lot of people and just like, you know, kill like a hundred birds with one stone or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) The magic stone that killed a hundred (laughs) birds. Okay. So, so we talked a little bit about the Twitter research before having an event during, is there anything else we should be focusing on during the conference? Well, so it just popped in my head. So it was was actually something for before as well as one thing that I actually did because there was a master when I did mastermind talks and I did all that research, I compiled it into a word document and then I actually sent it out to all of the uh, members or the the guests that were going to be coming. So I was just like, hey, I did all this research and all the speakers thought this would be a value to all of you sent that email out to close to like 100 people. Uh, My mentor, Jason, he thought that was like awesome. Right. And then also I got emails back from like half of them. They were like, dude, you know, I'm talking like 25 page of notes here. Like I went like all out on this. So that's another tip. And I'm not saying to go like that hard on it, but if you do find a couple things, like here's his hobbies, here's what he's talking about on Twitter and you create a little doc for yourself, just share it with everybody because I, I don't know. I just don't see why not. Like it would, it would it's going to add value to them. And nobody's going to yeah. do that. Because yeah, yeah, it seems it's like wow, who went that far above and beyond to do, to do <laughs> yeah, that? So, so that's what I mean. Like, if you go to a lot of conferences, like for me, I can't do all of the rules anymore because I go to so many events and I'm doing. And you know, everybody's busy, but I just realized after I did that for my first couple events that like this won't be able to stay consistent because I'll have to just only go to events and not make any money or something, you know, because that is time consuming, right? That's, that's pretty time consuming to do. I guess potentially you could outsource that to an assistant or something like that. Very true. I may attempt that. I didn't even think about it. That's I'm at that uh, stage at the moment as an entrepreneur where I have like a full-time web guy, full-time designer, full-time editor for like all my stuff. So that, so that's great. But even getting them was very hard for me. Cause I think that's like a leap in entrepreneurship because you, you become an entrepreneur cause you don't want to like deal with a boss. You want to do your own thing. So actually giving responsibilities to other people is, was very hard for me. Cause I was like, I need to do this. Like this is, yeah, I've actually tried a couple times to have yeah. an assistant and I just, I just get fed up with it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <it's> tough. <laughs> 
It is. You really got to like, I think it starts in the beginning. Like, You got to be very clear on the guidelines. Like, this is what I expect of you. This is what I'm going to tell you to do like each week and like create some type of like nice relationship because I've tried like personal assistance as well, two of them, and they they just didn't work out for me either. They were from Philippines. The language barrier wasn't good. But through all those trial and errors, I was able to realize like what I actually needed help with and what I could do on my own. So yeah. good experience. Regardless. Yeah, I do have a podcast editor who okay. puts my shows together and it's it's great. I don't have to. If you don't mind, and maybe we can talk more about this after, but yeah, yeah, yeah. starting one, I'm just curious, like, is that, do you just find him on Fiverr or Elance and basically he just produces all your stuff? I'll give him a shout out. It's, his name is Kerry Green. Uh, what is the name of his business? All of a sudden, I can't, <laughs> anyway, Kerry Green, <laughs> podcast editing. He's in Colorado and he was recommended to me and I've recommended him to other people. So yeah, and I can. I'll have to remember <laughs> that. Or I'm actually writing Here it down do, yeah. right now. But we, we'll, we'll keep going. This is called <laughs> Network While You Interview yeah. <laughs> Someone in a Podcast. <laughs> Thank you for that. Appreciate it. Yeah. That. Okay. Yeah. So conferences, after you finish a conference, after you go there. And so I'm imagining that I'm going to bank up on sleep before I go to the conference. And I'm just going to be trying to be on from the moment I wake up to the moment I go to bed interacting as much as possible with people and I'll probably be sleep deprived by the end, but I'll have maximized my social hangout time while I'm there. Yeah. I think that's definitely uh, what you should do. I mean, for me, I would just focus on the people definitely want to get your full. It's not eight hours. It's seven and a half or nine. If you like do the research on sleep cycles, that's funny though. They tell you eight hours and it's not right. But yeah, so that's what I'd say. And then so, af- but your question was like, what to do after the conference? Yeah. So yeah, so assume I've had a great successful conference. I've met a bunch of people that I've become friends with, some influencers who we set up some collaborations with. And then this is the next week, what should I do? Yeah. So I'm sure you've heard this many times, but it's, uh, I guess I'll say two things. One is just like follow up. Um, definitely due to the fact that there's just so much going on social media, just in the world in general, that it's not you personally, but people are going to forget you in a couple of days, probably because there's just so much going on. So follow up with them, whatever you discussed. And, you know, then I'll get the question like, well, what do I say in the follow up email? Um, So basically, there's many things like you can kind of, I'm not saying take notes during your discussions with these people, but in your, they take mental notes because you'll remember some things. Um, or jot them down after each day or something, like whatever you can remember. Um, and just like follow up and be like, hey, we talked about this, thought this article could be of value to you. Or, hey, you know, I remember us talking about books and you needed a designer or something. Like, here's my team of designers. Maybe they could help you. You can find any reason to follow up with someone. Like, it's, there's many ways. And then the other thing that you can do if you took notes on the content, at the event, this is something I did for Mastermind Talks again, is afterwards then to all the guests, I sent all my notes. So I had probably like 15, 20 pages worth of notes from all the content. And I just sent that over to all of them. That's the easiest way to follow up, really. And you'll definitely get responses. So, so do you carry around a little reporter's notebook or something like that? So you're always making little... <laughs> no, no, not, not a... Uh report not really like usually at events right they'll probably give you like a package or whatever like with all the people they're talking and 
for mastermind talks, he did all the people that were talking. Plus, he gave you like uh, bullet points and stuff under. It was like a very nice package uh, or pamphlet, rather. And so you could take notes and stuff. So I just had that with me, and I took notes for every speaker, and then just uh, transferred that over to a Word document and sent it sent it out. Okay. Okay. That's how I did it. What were some of the best outcomes that you had from all these conferences you've been to? I'd say the best outcomes is is really just like in general my network, like being connected with like so many, uh, and I just want to say people in general, because I don't, when I say like influencer, I just mean like they maybe have more eyeballs looking at them. But as far as like putting people on a scale of like this guy's better or worse, like I don't ever do that because I just, there's a Ralph Waldo Emerson quote and it's just like, you can learn something from every man or whatever. And I truly believe that no matter if this guy's worth 10 bucks and this guy's worth 10 million, I will treat both equally and talk to them equally. I just really do believe in that. So, but regardless, that's definitely my best outcome because for instance, with uh, authors unite and my book and stuff, I was able to get over a hundred reviews for my book within like a couple weeks. That was because of the network that I had built. So pretty much now it's just like, I'm at a point and it can always get better, but I'm at a point whenever I launch something new, I have a nice network backing me up. And that is like very effective. It's just a very, that's true value. Like I think one question and cause I do some public speaking. So one question I always like ask uh, people to like ponder for a cent, uh, for a second is like, would you rather have a million dollars or would you rather have a million friends that like truly would do anything for you? Like which one's more valuable? And to me, the answer is obvious, but you know, a lot of people are like, I'd rather have the million bucks. And to me, it's just like, dude, I feel like if I had a million people in the world that just like loved me authentically, that would do anything for me, I could create a billion dollars out of that. Like, you know what I mean? You could, you could write a book called a million true fans. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Or is that Kevin Kelly? A thousand. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I should reframe that question to a thousand people. Cause yeah, maybe like the million people is just too far out there. You know, like it's just too high. That would be amazing. You could take over the, entire parts of the world (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah, so i just always think that's funny because like the way that our school system teaches us and other things uh and i'm not here to like bash school or anything but i just mean we have this mindset of like i'll get this job because it pays the most like everybody's like not everyone but people are after the money and for me, I, I've always been after, I don't like the word after, but I've always been for the people because mm-hmm. I know that where does money come from? Like it comes from people. So like, I'm not going to focus on the money. I'm just going to help as many people as humanly possible while also enjoying it, you know? So it's got to be something I like. Sure, sure. Um, and I mean, and what, I can, what is money anyway, other than a, a means of like helping you get done what you want to get yeah. done? And likewise, you know, people help you get done. You know, so for example, right now, I, you know, cause I've heard build your network before you need it or whatever. And so I've spent the last few years doing that. And now I have a, uh, a retreat coming up in Bali in September. This is a, uh, uh, <laughs> I'm just realizing this is going to be an advertisement for my retreat right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's called adventures in entrepreneurship. And I'm just asking my network to share it with people who might want to come and it's one of the few times i've asked something of my network 
And because it's going to be awesome, people are like, yeah, I'll, I'll share it. That's no problem. And yeah, I'll definitely share it as well. Oh, and thank you. Thank first, you. <laughs> so listening knows like this is our first actual real conversation. I know this is uh, great. Yeah, but I would definitely still obviously I'd want to like check it out slightly first, but I think I trust it's going to be a good event. But, you know, and that's where it's, yeah, right. That's <laughs> but that's what it's about, and I think that's where some people will struggle is uh, people struggle with giving without knowing what they're going to receive. And the way that I've just always gone about it is I just keep giving, knowing that it will come back to me eventually, and I'm not worried about when that is necessarily. And that's not to say that I don't care about profit because obviously a business needs profit to continue to grow and keep going. But it's just something you know when you love something and you keep giving value to people, it's inevitable. It's just it's going to come back to you. So, yeah, I don't know. Awesome. No, that's, that's good. Well put. Let's segue. Let's transition from the actual tips and information for going to conferences and you put that all into the book with the 17 steps. Well, first of all, is there anything that you would add to the book now that you didn't put in the book when you wrote it? Probably. I can't even think of – because in my, in my mind, the book is – I think it's a great, great guide to just like read on the plane. It takes an hour. Like if you read it, you know, it's like 60 or 70 pages or something. So it, it takes like an hour to read. So I think it's great for a simple reminder right before an event just to read through it. But there's definitely a lot more like complex things I feel that I would put in there. Maybe not complex, but just like more statistics, more like straight up value, like experience. Because when I wrote it, I hadn't gone to like hundreds of conferences. So now I have. So but yeah, I'd have to sit down and really brainstorm. I'm not I'm not sure at the moment. Yeah. Stuff. All right. And so this book was your first endeavor into publishing and you got it to become bestseller status. That's pretty impressive. So mm. yeah, congrats on that. So let's talk let's talk a little bit about the book publishing process itself and how did you get it to the, the top of its of its category? Yeah, definitely. So what I so how it works, right? There's different categories in Amazon, basically, as as everyone knows. Now, as far as the whole store, I was able to get it to number thirty-seven out of like the whole store. So there's about seven hundred thousand books in the store. So that's that's pretty good. And then it, it got to number one in business, number one in self-help, I believe. And then there's like subcategories within those two as well. So it got to number one in probably like eight categories, but you know, Amazon is get is subbing it down more and more like every day. So it's like, you know, it's like so that's better business. for us to be able to get yeah, it's, it's better for us. Definitely. It's great. But then when people are like, you know, which categories were you bestseller? And I'm like, well, I think there's like eight or 12. Like, I, I don't know. There's a lot because what I try to shoot for with the people I work with on this is to get to number one in one of the, I call them a parent category. Um, so self-help, um, out of the people I've worked with seems to be the biggest category that we go for for some reason. Self-help stress management is the child category underneath. That category, I've literally probably helped I, like 40 people hit number one in that category. That's so funny. Wow. Like, I don't know why. We just own that category. Like, I have a screenshot of 
it's like on the right side where it says hot new releases and top rated. If you've ever noticed that in each category. And in, in that one, there was like four out of the six that they show were my book and then three of my clients. So there's like, it's very cool in my opinion, when you can see that, when it's like, yo, there's a community of people and they're just like running Amazon. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's just kind of cool to see in, in my opinion. Right. But the process. So do you have like a specific question on the marketing or do you mean? Okay. Just like well, let's, start- let's take another, let's take me as an example again. Yeah. I, I'd love to write a book and we, we should probably talk about this also. Yeah. But, you know, say I have an idea, I want it to be part adventure travel book, part, you know, how do, how did I do it guide and incorporating the, the how to in with the stories. Once I have that sort of general idea, where to next? So where to next? I guess the first question that I would kind of, and you know, each situation is different, right? But the, the next question I'd ask you is like, what's, can you list like 10 points of value or something? up to like 10 value points for your target customer. So who's your target customer? I think for your book, it's somebody who obviously like wants to travel um, a lot. And, you know, I would do like more research into that because it's, you want to niche it down as much as possible. Like, is it a male, female, are they middle age or, you know, you know, the deal with all that. So figure that out and then figure out the value points that you can offer. And then um, the next step is a mind map. So in like webinars that I've done, I, I call it like a brain dump. Because the biggest limiting belief maybe, or it's like the biggest thing that like stops people from beginning writing is that there's so many ideas in their head. So for you, I'm sure like you just have a bunch of things in your head that you think you could make a book out of. Yes. And you definitely could. But there's a ton in your head and you're like trying to outline before you get everything out of your head. So you're trying to put it in order before there's actually anything to put in order. So... That's why I say make like a huge web and just draw out everything you could possibly think of uh, for like chapter topics. So it's just, you know, this is what I learned when I was in India or whatever. So just make a bubble India learned meditation or something. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And just like, just keep, just get everything out. Even if some of it's like crap, like that's fine. Cause that's one of the biggest things you learn as a writer is that, you just trust the process. Like you be as simple, clear and valuable as you possibly can and know that your first draft is going to be very wordy and just like half of it will probably be like not good. And that's okay. Cause then you just go back edit and then maybe you go back and edit one more time and then you're good with, with a book. I'd say get an editor definitely cause they work magic. But for like blog posts, I mean, I think you can self-edit and that's how I do it. One book that I listened to on audio, it's called On Writing Well by William Zinzer. Okay. It's like two hour audio book, very short. But that book, honestly, just the, the tips that I just gave, like clear, simple, um, small sentences. And because like as an author, when you start out, you think you want to sound all smart and like whimsical or something. And it ends up not sounding human. So it's like, give us value, but meet us on a human level too. Because people don't fall in love with your writing, they fall in love with you. So if you like what you're writing about, which with your book, you would, because you seem like you like to travel a lot. So I'm sure while you're writing it and putting it together, your true personality and just like love for the topic will naturally come out if you just be yourself. 
and just write write it like for yourself in a sense. So yeah, that was kind of a bunch of tips jumbled. Okay, I like uh, that. I like getting it out the mind map because it does all float around in my head yeah, it's and stressful man that builds stress and then it, it stops you from going it really does because you're just like there's a the thing with this process and i'm sure it's the same with podcasts is there's a lot of different moving parts so at first it's stressful like my first book launch i you know and i was like actually 22 or 20 almost 22 when i launched it you know i thought i was gonna have a heart attack which is, i'm not being serious but like i was just like so stressed because i was like i can't miss this part can't miss this part um and then after you do it you realize whoa that wasn't that bad you know and then it just becomes a rinse and repeat like now i can launch any book anytime right because i just know how to do it same with you the podcast thing you're able to just pump out new episodes all the time because you have a system i'm sure you send it off to the guy who edits it and whatever else happens yep Sure. And once you do it, now it's just a flow. It's it's easy. So yeah, I hope that comes to me with the podcast uh, soon. <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> because, it's funny. I was talking with uh, our mutual friend, Dave Buddha, who was episode yeah. uh, 30 or something. And he said, well, what if you considered your first 20 episodes to be just practice? Because I was, I was like, ah, you know, I hear these great podcasters and they're so good. And I want to be that good now but I'm not that good yet. And I know that I'm still saying, um, and I'm not asking direct questions and all this stuff. And he's like, just let it be practice. Dude. I love that. Honestly, I'll probably use that for book stuff too. I was like, just understand that your first 20 pages are practice. That's just, they're just practice. And that's the way, yeah, you just need to be okay with that. The, one of the biggest, I, I heard this on a uh, webinar once and it was like, don't perfect the process, complete the process. And that was big because like that's what happens in our minds. We always try to perfect things. So I don't know why we do that. But really, there's no way to make anything perfect. Just keep making it better and better and better. Just keep completing the process. So and your what you said basically first milestone is let's just get 20 interviews done. Once we're there, then let's figure out what we're going to do next. But until then, let's not worry about it. Let's not try to perfect this thing, you know? Do you have any thoughts on how I might be able to use all the great content from my podcast interviews when I take it to the book, you know, as expert opinions in the book? Yeah, that, I mean, so I don't know. How many interviews do you have out now? Do you, know? you are number 76-ish. Yeah. Okay, 76. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, you have a good amount. I think yours probably like I don't know how many other people you've had on that are talking about like book publishing and books and stuff, but if you do have some other people, I think you need to niche it down in a way that I wouldn't put all of your actually. That's not So true. I can clearly break it could be cool and just have a bunch of different stories. That I mean, yeah, I have guests that I have like the human performance guests. You know, they're in a kind of a group I have the relationship building guests and I have the travel guests. So they can, it's starting to, you know, there's, yeah, a few different. The thing that's cool, and we, we haven't even gotten into like marketing stuff for books, but like you can get so, you want to build an email list and get a following. Like you can do that with Amazon like very easily. Obviously, you got to write the book. You know what I mean? Like that's not easy, but there's just simple tactics to build an email list very fast because of, 
just the reach that your book can get and the downloads it can get on Amazon. So if you did that and you like brand yourself, so the art of adventure, it could be in the bottom right corner of all your books and then have them be different though. And people, that's the cool thing too. People will buy one book and they'll be like, oh, this guy's got a couple other ones. I liked his first one. I'll buy his other ones, you know, just like a podcast. Like they download one, they like it. They'll download all 76 of them, Yeah, which is great for you. So, but yeah, so whenever we want to get to the market, well, yeah, let's I, jump right in. <laughs> yeah. So like for, uh, for instance, and this is usually one of the last things that I would uh, kind of teach for marketing, but for opt-ins, if you, in the look inside feature on Amazon Kindle books, you can see like the first 10 pages or whatever. So for my book and all the people that want to build an email list that I work with, we put a, in the second page, it's a uh, designed like visual of an audiobook. I have a couple people that I've used for audiobooks and I just recommend them to the people I work with. And it usually costs, depending on the length, maybe like 500, it's probably an average amount for a good audiobook. And you give that away for free up front in the look inside feature. My, my book like today gets around three to five subscribers from just from that every day without me doing anything. Uh, when I first launched the book and I was like promoting it, I haven't really promoted conference crushing in a while. I've kind of let it not die, but just like dwindle. It's definitely not selling as much as it was because I'm focused on other things. But when I first put it out, it was literally getting like 15 to 25 uh, leads a day for like the first like three months. And it's because, you know, people would either download it or they wouldn't, but they would still see in that look inside feature, get the audiobook for free here. And then, they, and then there's a link, they click it, goes over to a simple landing page, I get their email. And then I basically, at the time, it was best selling book system. Now it's authors unite, but I would funnel them in and be like, Hey, you know, hope you enjoy the book. Have you ever wanted to write a book? Go here, you know, and the email copy was obviously worded better than that, but that's that you get the main point and then send them over. And I'm telling you, we haven't found anything that works as good as a free audio book for getting opt-ins. Hmm. And, you know, as an internet marketer, you realize too, because some people would come back and say, well, dude, you're losing book sales because they're getting your book for free before they like purchase it, the audio. And I'm like, I'm like, dude, I don't even care if I am because I, because, you know, as an internet marketer, you know, that an email is worth way more than like three ninety nine for a book, you know, because some of those emails I've turned into like clients for uh, book launch help, which that price point is dramatically higher than three or $4, you know? Right. Sure. So, okay, cool. Email list is valuable. Nice. You mentioned authors unite and uh, what, what exactly is that? What are you doing? with that business. So yeah, so what I'm doing is right now I have a Facebook and it's pretty cool that we're like talking about this now because I literally just did this like started this like a week or two ago. Okay. So I have like a Facebook group right now there's 92 people I think. I last checked a couple hours ago there's 92 people in it and the goal is that I don't know if you've seen but there's other like Kindle groups or ebook or aspiring author, whatever they're called groups on Facebook. And I'm a part of like all of them and they're very spammy or it's just like nobody's engaging. So basically what I've done is created a group called authors unite. And I put out one uh, tip a day. It's one video a day for marketing or writing uh, Monday through Friday. And 
I'm just very engaged in it. So right now it's actually, they're, they're very engaged and I have to approve like every post that comes through. So I'm like making sure that I'm building it, you know, slowly every day and there's just no spam. So if I see somebody who keeps trying to post stuff, I'll just deny it. And then I'll PM them and I'll let them know. I'm like, dude, you know, tell us about your book once, but people in this group don't want to hear about your book 10 times. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And that's where the other groups I think have just, they don't work anymore because people, whoever was running the group, they let it go and it's way too freaking spammy. Like I never look in the other groups. So basically from a business point, just to like get to the point, I have a community that's free for people. I also have a free webinar that teaches people on the website, authorsunite.com. And then from that point, I offer a free like 15 minute call. This is like the funnel in a sense. I'll answer any questions you have. And then if we decide that it's a good fit for us to work together on your book and book launch, then we'll proceed. If not, then you're still more than welcome to be a part of the group and get the videos and everything. Right. Gotcha. So you then coach people through their book launch. Yeah. Cause so, and, and basically cause there's other like uh, programs out there. And what I've found is that they're all about like the system or the formula or the school or, or whatever it is. And it's just like content more. So I was like, well, I know how stressful it was for me to launch a book and I've helped, you know, a lot of people at this point. I don't know the exact number, but I want somebody to hold my hand through this process. So my prices are like higher. They, they range from three to 10 grand, but like I am literally, it's one call a week and I build out your whole launch. It's like very customized. I do all the research and yeah, so I think it's for the time and value, it's it's worth it. But it's all whatever you want to do. You can buy a $300 info product or get a coach to walk you through everything. It's whatever you want. Yeah, that's. Um, would you say that's a premium price point? $10,000 seems like good. For 10000 right? And um, for, I guess, when you do the links for the pages, if you want to put that link in there so people can see it, that's fine. If, if not, we can just give them the main uh, page. But basically for like 10 grand, it's, I not only build the plan, but I actually will hire like VAs to take over your social media and they'll actually implement the plan. Mm. So it's like 10 grand. We like, you don't touch it. You like, you basically write the book, give it to us. I help you like position the book and stuff before, but you're still the one writing it from that point that I have it then you don't have to touch it. And then we also do the print copy and audio book and that's like included within the price. Wow. Yeah. Sweet. That would be so, yeah. if you didn't want to, yeah. or for someone who's really busy and they didn't want to fuss with yeah, all that that's stuff. Definitely like a, yeah. somebody I think who's like maybe a CEO or something and just wants to be an author, but doesn't want, doesn't have the time to like really like ramp up a launch because it is time consuming. Like the three K is like me building it helping you week by week, but you're the one that's actually taking the action steps of implementing it. So that's kind of the difference slightly, but there's more to it. Is there anyone in the book publishing world right now that you really admire what they're up to? Probably James Altucher, I think is good. He's got some blog posts that teach you how to market a Kindle that are very clear and straightforward. And I think that like, the marketing plan for a fiction and nonfiction is very different, but his plan, I think, as a foundation for all types of books is is still very good. Um, and obviously, it's just a blog post. He's not trying to like teach you every single little possible thing. But yeah, so him, 
and Ryan Holiday. So Ryan Holiday was actually at the Mastermind Talk. So I met him as well. And I've learned, you know, I've learned some of my marketing like uh, tactics, if you will, from Ryan Holiday because he's like a genius marketer. A lot of like publicity stunts. Like I don't know if you saw, but I actually recently um, just did this. This is great for marketing. You can do this with anything. But that Shia LaBeouf, like, just do it video, have you, I don't know if you've seen I, that. I, you seen that. I saw that on YouTube where you're yelling at the camera. <laughs> yeah. So, so I, I literally, it was yesterday, I, I was just, like, chilling outside. I think I was, like, talking to one of my buddies, and I was like, dude, I could easily spin this and turn it into, like, just do it. Just write your book. Stop giving up, you know? And I could turn it into that. So I did put it up. All I did is put $20 to boost the post. I did put some ad money into it, 20 bucks. It probably, it, before we got on this podcast, I looked at it, it had 9,000 views, but it's going to be close to 10,000 for $20. I mean, and my website, I'm uh, sorry, my developer last night from those 10,000 views has had over 300 visits and I've gotten over a, sli- a little bit over a hundred emails just from that $20 for a hundred emails. Wow. That is it, for anybody who knows like marketing and advertising, that is ridiculous. That's <laughs> like, funny. That's, that's sort of the, um, I think James Altucher calls it something like, like trend hacking or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't heard him, James Altucher say, but Ryan Holiday, he, okay. he has a whole book about that. Just how he's, because with Tucker Max, I forget what he did, but he did something that like blew Tucker Max's book up because he like called, I don't, I don't remember. I don't even want to say because I just don't remember what he did. But yeah. it was something big like that. Cool. Okay, so we got yeah James Altucher, and I'll I'll look up those articles and link them. And Ryan Holiday is great. I actually stole his idea of the reading recommendation list because I read a lot of books. He publishes a I don't know monthly newsletter with all of his oh. book picks and reviews. And so I just uh, I do the same thing for the books that I read now. Do you do like, if you, if you don't mind me asking, do you do like an affiliate link with that or no? You just do it for fun. I do. I link it to Amazon. Okay. Okay. Because yeah, that's something for like, because I know when you're starting a podcast, that's something I was thinking about, right? Like I'll do affiliate links with like AWeber and I'll do it with 99designs, Audible, stuff like that, just to like get started. Because at first podcasts are not profitable, I don't think. Like you need sponsors or get clients or whatever. Right. So I was just I was just curious because if I did a I know I think Tim Ferriss does that he has like a book club mm-hmm. and he has affiliate links for all those books I believe um, and he makes it I don't know probably he makes a decent amount on it <laughs> get a million people to read it yeah 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 right so that's a good it's just a good way to fund the podcast before it actually starts to profit because it definitely takes some time I would imagine yeah awesome what do you feel is your purpose these days in business? Oh, I love it. (laughs) So lately what I've realized is it's really to help people become more of themselves. So the way that I wear is like help you become you. And I'm actually like, it's, it's funny because my two, so I have like three businesses in a sense, but the third one's not really started uh, yet or it's, it's not public. So the one is Authors Unite, and, I, and I'm just kind of linking these all together to kind of show how I realized this. So Authors Unite, from writing, I learned a ton about myself, and that's what catapulted my career. Because when I stepped out of school, I was scared. Like, I didn't know what I was doing. I just knew that school didn't feel right. 
So I stepped out, had mentors, got a network, and then I wanted to be a public speaker. So my mentors, probably like five or six are public speakers. They were like, dude, the best way to do that and to be able to charge a premium price is to write a book. Write a book first, and then then you're considered an expert on that topic and then charge. So I wrote a book on conferences and you know, just by luck, I did not really plan this, but you know, that's where people public speak is at conferences. So it works out perfectly for me because what I do, I'm actually doing this in Austin at an event um, at the end of this month. I'll be opening up an hour uh, talk and I'm opening up the conference. And why I'm doing it is I'll teach some of the rules, but really my goal is to just make everybody feel at ease and comfortable. So I maximize your event because you paid me to let me speak in like before it even started in a sense, you know, I just make everybody feel comfortable is kind of the goal. So with Authors Unite, getting back to that, like helping you become more of you, I discovered myself writing and it helped my career. So that's kind of in within that purpose there, I feel. She Speaks, Helping Women Become Comfortable in the World. Um, that, you know, obviously the word comfortable is like in there. So that is just another thing because I've noticed with all the women I know, I know women that are very just like somewhat unsure of themselves and just not open. And then I know some other women that are like, fully expressed, just like very open women. And I see a huge difference. So my goal is to like interview these women over here to help these women over here see that like you have this potential. You just got to unlock it. It's within you. It definitely is. We all have it. So that's that. And then like my personal brand where I'm going for is exactly that. And that's coaching men or women to just kind of like discover who they are and then take action upon that and not be scared to be themselves because we've just, I, I just feel like that so many people are just scared to be who they are. That's what I think. Yeah. That uh, I just finished reading Brene Brown's a couple of Brene Brown books, you know, about vulnerability and being your true self. And it's a, yeah. it's a constant struggle. I mean, we all have to, to really stop covering up. And so, yeah, no, kudos, kudos to you for, for that. I appreciate it. I think I've been blessed in a sense for it's somewhat natural for me, but I could Dave Buddha, like his, I just went to his retreat, um, intimacy fest and dude, that helped a lot too. Mm. Like it, it is, it's a journey. And that's the whole point is like, I go through times where I'm like not wanting to be sociable. And then, you know, I go to this conference intimacy fest and then I'm like coming out, I'm like fully expressed. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> like, you know, so, but it's, it's just the way it works. You go in and out, in and out. You keep learning and growing. So, yeah. Okay. So, is there anything that m- makes you uncomfortable these days? These days, honestly, not really. No. I, I'm being honest. Like before, what I'm kind of realizing, and I'm completely fine with admitting this, but what I'm kind of realizing is when I was younger in like middle school and high school, I'm going to talk about this when I launch my podcast, but I was kind of like the, the, uh, uh, what's his name? John Tucker or whatever. John, like I was, I was just that guy that was with a lot of girls and I did not, I looked at them more as physical, not w- inside, which I think, you know, maybe a decent amount of men go through a stage of, of that maybe. And then when I got to senior year of high school, all the girls just like turned on me and they were like, dude, I don't know. I feel like they had like a meetup and they're all like, yo, we've all been with that guy. I hate that guy. 
<laughs> like, just I decided one. <laughs> yeah, like, I hate that guy. So my senior year wasn't that great because you know senior year you're having a lot of parties and stuff. These girls were like, dude, all of you can come. That guy, he cannot. <laughs> He's not allowed. <laughs> so like, and then I got to college, and then I met a girl. Her name, well, actually, I won't say her name. She probably went like that. But I met a girl. We were very good. Like my first like love. Like I love this girl. And I ended up messing up. I just ruined it. Ego crap. And but when I fought, when I lost her, that's when I really realized I was like, holy crap! I have been looking at women on a surface level my whole life, mm. and I finally found one where I looked inside, and I was like, wow, this is way better than this surface level bull crap. Uh, you know, it's so that's when it really rung home for me that like all I think every woman has this. I, I almost even forget the question that we were talking about right now. <laughs> I'm just letting you go. This is great. You're opening up, so this is good. I just realized that like every woman has this, you know, depth inside of her. Every person in general does, but I'm focusing on women for, for this. And yeah, I was just like, wow. And then from that point, I looked at women completely differently. So now, like, you know, I'm not saying I, I don't like be with girls from time to time, but it's not a surface level thing. It's like I actually get to know them. And, and when you do that, it's way better. It's just way better in all areas. Which ties back to that quote that you mentioned earlier, like every man has something to teach us, you know, and that's part of the, I think the job of the podcast host is to illuminate that whatever it is, that magic that each person has. And, yeah. and I mean, you could apply, you could say at a conference, you should try to find the magic in each person you meet, however you want to do it. So, yeah, yeah, yeah awesome. Tyler. I appreciate you letting me rant. Yes. I rant. Here we go. <laughs> this, is, this is great. We're just rapping. I have two final questions that I ask all of my guests. And okay. uh, the first one is, if you could change or add anything to the world, what would you want the world to have? Okay, so I'll answer this question like this. I wouldn't change or add anything. What I would do is I would bring awareness to everyone that we already have everything we need. You just don't see it. That's what I would do. I would try to help people become aware that like, you know, love and just happiness is a choice. Like, and once you are aware of that, then you realize that like, it's a, it's just like the abundance mindset or the limited mindset. So I would just make people aware that, you know, you may think you don't have everything you need, but trust me, you do. You're just not seeing Mm. it. So that's what I would do. That's amazing. Yeah. I love that. Thanks for sharing that. Mm-hmm. Final question. What's your definition of adventure? Oh, I like that. This is off the cuff too. Definition of adventure. I'd say like traveling the world and doing whatever you, yes. Yeah, so like traveling and kind of like doing whatever you feel like doing. So it doesn't actually necessarily have to be like traveling to another country, but adventuring in a way that you're not planning it out step by step, but you're more in your body and out of your head and you're more in your body and you're just like, this feels good. I'm going to try this. And then you keep bouncing around things. That's like a true adventure. Mm, Yeah. And when you roll into a town and you don't have a plan and then anything can happen. I love that. (laughs) Traveling, man. Like we'll we'll have to talk like after this about, or or sometime just about travels because I've been like all over a lot of uh, content. Yes, for sure. Tyler, where can we find you online? Yeah, so right now, probably the 
best place is authorsunite.com. We can just just go there for now and then. I guess Twitter is Mr. Wagner three seven. So that's another, if you want to tweet at me. All right. Yeah, I think those are the two best places at the moment. Cool. And I will. Uh, we have a lot of references to link up to, and I'll have those in the yeah, show notes yeah. <laughs> as well. So, man, it was a great conversation. Thanks for coming on the show. Appreciate you guiding everyone through the conferences and the publishing. So, yeah, appreciate it. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me on. All right. Bye-bye. Hope you guys enjoyed that episode with Tyler Wagner. Got some great specific tips. You know, follow up with notes after the conference for everyone that attended or, you know, preparing notes beforehand. Both of those clearly above and beyond what most people are going to do at conferences and live events. For me, the the idea of mind mapping and getting all the stuff out of your head, if you're going to write a book and just getting it out on paper, it seems like that's a no-brainer, but I'm definitely going to do that. Very valuable stuff. Please check out Authors Unite if you are thinking about writing a book and if you want to go to a live event this year, a conference, check his book, Conference Crushing Out. It's quite good. It's not too long. You know, you can read it an hour on the plane on the way there. I really enjoyed that show and clearly I'm excited to add Tyler to my group of friends. So without, uh, won't talk anymore, but you know your job now is to go out there and have an adventure. Thanks for joining us. Until next time. Show feedback for The Art of Adventure and guest suggestions can go to me at DerekLoudermilk.com. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at DerekLoudermilk. I'd love to hear from you guys. Let me know what you're digging about the show. Let me know how I can help you. If you're listening to this podcast and you're not subscribed, then that needs to change. You can subscribe in iTunes or Stitcher and getting the show delivered free to your phone or computer while you sleep is really the best way to make sure you don't miss anything. So you can do that by simply going to iTunes, for example, searching The Art of Adventure or searching Derek Loudermilk and hitting subscribe. Likewise, you can go through any of the show notes on DerekLoudermilk.com and clicking subscribe there. Now, have a great week. Go out there and be adventurous. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. 
Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts.